Today's message has been brought to you by Faith Family Church in Billings, Montana. For more information, visit faithfamilybillings.com. 1 Thessalonians chapter 4 is where we're at, and we're in uh, verse number 1 is where we left off last week. And I just want to read through a couple of things here. Redemption through union in Christ, with Christ, releases us from a life of sin and death and enables us to partake of Christ's resurrection life, which is God's grace because it derives totally from Him. It is His initiative, His mercy, His love, His kindness, and His intention. Last week we saw that we are to regulate and accommodate our daily lives more and more to the nature of Christ within us. We saw that when it comes to the new covenant and its commandments, it goes so much deeper than our natural understanding of submission and authority. The reason for this is that in the new covenant we are in, we not only have the words, but the very nature of those words within us. So when we read or hear instruction from the Word of God, we should also realize that we have the ability to fulfill the Word inside of us by the power and authority of resurrection graces. So when you hear an, inst- an instruction or a command in the Word of God, you, should go, oh, you shouldn't go, oh no, I don't know how I'm going to do that. I've never been able to control myself in this area. And this is where we need to change our thinking because the commandments under the New Testament are not initiatives that come to you as if you're supposed to act them out under your own power. They are, in, they are revelations of the power that's within you. I said the commandments under the New Testament are revelations of the power that is already within you. Come on, think with me. The Lord said this, I will write my word upon their heart. That's Jesus in you. You actually have the power within you to control you, the same power that raised Christ from the dead. You actually have the power within you, your spirit man, to control your emotion and your flesh. Amen. Now, this is going to take faith to believe this because we live opposite of it in this life. We're trained to live from the natural from the moment we come into this life, unless we were raised in a home where these truths were understood and taught to us. We're trained to think naturally, operate naturally. Whatever I feel that day, that's what I am. And the Lord is going to teach us, no, that's not what you are. Who you are is who I said and made you to be. Amen? But that takes renewal of the mind and revelation by the Spirit of God. As we look into verse 3, and we read, uh, last week we read uh, verse 1 and verse 2, and went over there. I'm going to turn there real quick just in my Bible here and read them real quick. Verse 4, finally then, brethren, we urge and exhort you in the Lord Jesus that you should abound more and more, just as you receive from us how you ought to walk and to please God. For you know what commandments we gave you through the Lord Jesus. And then in verse 3, we're going to look at verse 3 here in just a second. But as we look at verse 3 this morning, you will begin to see that really in this whole section, we are talking about sanctification. We're going to see the word sanctification. The best way for me to describe sanctification is to share Romans 13, 14. And it says this, but put on the Lord Jesus Christ and make no provision for the flesh to fulfill its Lust. So let's look at verse 3. For this is the will of God, your sanctification. What is the will of God? It's your sanctification, right? 
A lot of times people think, what's sanctification? That you should abstain from sexual immorality. Sanctification means this, the state of purity. It's consecration. Sanctification is the separation of believers from evil things and evil ways. Now, we're, we're learning something here, and we learned this in the first week, uh, two messages ago. I think we reviewed it a couple of times. But we are made up of three parts, correct? We are a what? Spirit. We possess a soul, and we live in a body. We are a spirit. We possess a soul, and we live in a body. So this word right here is written about you, the spirit you. You are made for sanctification. Do you know there's no sexual immorality in your spirit? I'm talking about if you're born again. Now, if you're not born again, well, we understand why you're off the rails. Amen. If you're not born again, I understand why you don't know what gender you are. Amen. Uh, now, we need to think this way. Is that I understand why people are confused whether they're, you know... Uh, their sexuality. I get it. That, that aren't saved. Now, if you're saved and you don't understand it, then we got a major ignorance issue that's going on, and we need to go back to the Word to transform our thinking to line up with... How many know that Jesus is not confused about His gender? And His nature lives in you, which means you're not confused about it. Amen. Come on. Jesus isn't like, you know, it wasn't early on a Monday morning and the spirits are being matched up with the bodies and Michael and Gabriel hadn't had their coffee yet and, you know, there's this machines going down the line and they're shoving them in and Michael's like, oh, no, 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 wait, 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 oh, what, what, what? We got a woman spirit in a man body. And Gabriel's like, uh, it's Monday, just let him go. Let him go. And confusion, no, no, the devil is working in the earth causing confusion. People say, well, we're being, you know, the culture's being liberated. The culture's being set free. The culture's being, uh, uh, they're coming into this place of knowledge that nobody's ever known before. Study history. This is not new. Nothing new under the sun. Nothing at all. And I would just say this, and if somebody's watching online or you're present here, we're not against anybody that's confused in this way or hurting or under the uh, dominance of the enemy. But I'll tell you this, there will be a harvest coming if you don't repent. And people say, well, what God's waiting in heaven to just smash all these sinners? No, he's not. God has brought every sinner into favor with him already through Christ. He's not even holding their sins against them. But I will tell you this, if you sow to the flesh, you'll reap from the flesh corruption. You will. And that goes true for believers too. If I continually sow something in the flesh nature that I shouldn't, a harvest will come forth. Amen. And it wasn't God's judgment on me going, I can't stand that guy anymore. No, God, when he comes to me concerning this, the flesh or sin issues in my life, he comes to me with a corrective hand. He will correct me. He will discipline me, but he's not judging me to hell. Amen. He's not. He, he does it out of mercy because he knows the direction I'm going is going to cause some major problems in my life. Amen. So God's will for us is sanctification. It means purity. Notice that we're to abstain, abstain from sexual immorality. Abstain means to refrain or to hold oneself off. 
Sexual immorality, this is the word, this word is fornication in the Greek. Excuse me. And it, is, it essentially means all forms of sexual sin, um, all forms of sexual sin. God has called and empowered every believer to control their physical nature. Do you know in the church today people don't even want to talk about this? Because it's not politically correct or seeker sensitive. So you'd rather have people, you'd rather reject the truth for somebody and have them be a part of hell in their life than to take the opportunity to have them be offended at you and give them the opportunity to hear the truth of the word of God and repent. This is a serious issue. Because if nobody contradicts the issue, which I'm not saying it won't happen because it will. As long as the church is in the earth, there'll be a contradiction to the way of the world. There'll be a halting to the spirit of Antichrist in many areas. But as, 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 as the church, we need to be able to stand up with truth and not just, not just be sarcastic and, and, and uh, you know, critical of people, but be able to deliver the truth to them with conviction of love so that they can be set free. How many here, you were addicted to alcohol or drugs before you got saved? Okay, multiple hands. Okay, you have a sensitivity within you for those people because you know what it's like to be in those chains. And so it doesn't, it, didn't, it doesn't do any good for us to go, well, I've never struggled with wondering whether I'm a man or a woman or struggling in the area of pornography or struggling in the area of sexual issues, so I'm just going to make fun of the person that does. No, that won't do any good. You've got to go to them in truth with love and, and present to them truth so the truth can then be either received or rejected by them. But if they receive it and we walk with them through what they're going through and teach, strengthen, and encourage them by the Spirit of God and help them grow up, they can walk totally free. Come on, I'll just tell it to you like this. There are members of the, of the LGBTQ community. There are spokespeople for the homosexual, all these different groups that are going to get born again and they are going to become voices for the kingdom of heaven and the deliverance from this agenda, this spirit, this antichrist move that is trying to take over the world. <laughs> People say, how can you have joy about it? Birth pains always bring forth a joyful thing. They don't bring forth a bad thing. People are not like, oh, she, she's in contractions. They're three minutes apart. Oh, it's horrible. What's coming? <laughs> but people read through the end times list and they go, oh, what are we going to do? When it says you're supposed to comfort one another with these words. Oy. All right, so I'm not going there. As believers, we, we are to refrain or hold off the desires of our flesh instead of letting them control us. So say this with me. Say, I can, I can. control my flesh. Now, you're going to have to keep that confession in your mouth. Every believer will have to deal with the nature of their flesh. All flesh, say all flesh, has a sinful desire. It does. Those desires become sin when they are acted upon. They're not sin just because you got tempted. Being tempted is not, you know, people, they have a bad thought come through their mind like, oh, oh no, maybe the Lord didn't see that thought. 
The Lord saw the thought and he knew it was a fiery dart. Spiritual warfare comes into play when I go, hmm. I take authority over that thought right now in the name of Jesus. That's not my nature, devil. I don't take it. That's yours. Trouble happens when the thought comes because your flesh goes, oh, maybe I still do have it. Maybe, maybe I still am pretty good looking and I could get that girl that's way younger than me. Now the enemy has succeeded in a temptation and a hook. But it has not manifested. You can still pull it out, remove it. Amen? You can stop it because you have control over your flesh. All flesh has a sinful desire. Those desires become sin when they are acted upon. But sin remains dormant when the believer, by the power of the Holy Spirit, by the power of the Holy Spirit, by the power of the Holy Spirit, stops those desires or puts them under. I take that thought. I'm not going to allow that thought to live in. I'm not going to allow the thought to live in my mind that I have to be this way my whole life when it contradicts what Jesus said about me. I'm going to take that thought. I'm going to cast that thing down. Your feelings, your thoughts, your emotions, your flesh, all could be pointing one direction and you can stand up in the middle of it by a decision of your will and faith and go, nope, I'm going this way. Your old friends that you used to party with and get into a lot of trouble with, they can pull up in front of your house on a Friday night and the sun's just starting to go down. They can honk the horn and say, hey, we're going to have a good time. And you know what they're going to do. You know what's going to be there. You know what kind of atmosphere it's going to be. And in the, right in the middle of that, you can say, you know what? I'm not going to do it. I'm not going. And they're going to go, what's wrong with you? Why are you this way? And, I, and I, I, now at this point in my life, I think to myself, what's wrong with you? Why are you going that way? You know, saving yourself from the harvest of the, just the very atmosphere at times is worth it. If you're not at a place, you know, people, I, I had friends, this was a big deal years ago, you know, and it still is a big deal. You know, they would talk about Jesus was in the, you know, in with the sinners. He was in the, and they, they make it more modern. You know, he was in the bars. He was in the, all of these places ministering to people. And I'm not opposed to people going into bars and ministering to people if they're actually doing that. But what it's turned into is just worldliness in the church in a lot of areas. I'm not saying it can't be done because I know of people that have done it. I know people, but most, especially if you're freshly saved and freshly in the things of God, you don't want to jump back into your old friend group right away and go, yeah, I'm here and I'm going to, you know, lead all of you to Jesus. Probably not. You need to take some time and dry out <laughs> and get full of some new wine and let the old wine get out of your system and then over time, you could have influence. You could have influence. Just as a warning to you, I'm not telling you what you can or can't do. People say, well, you, you, you've never been around a bar. Or you tell people they can't go. I'm not telling you what you can or can't do. I'm telling you what is the, I'm asking you what is the fruit of what you're doing. Because Jesus clearly ministered to people that were in horrible circumstances and situations. But what I've found through the years is that most believers... 
especially new believers, they're just not strong enough to handle that kind of environment yet. They have the ability, but how many know seeds have to grow into fruit? Verse 3 in the mirror translation, or the mirror Bible says this. It says, the resolve of God declares you innocent. This announcement frees you from fornication. I love that. You say, why do you love that? Because it actually states it from the standpoint of who you are in Christ, not just a commandment on a page. You say, what do you mean by that? Well, let me read it to you again in the New King James. For this is the will of God, your sanctification, that you should abstain from sexual immorality. How many know that's the will of God? Okay, now listen to it in the mirror. It says this, the resolve of God declares you innocent. Does the resolve of God declare you innocent? Yes, people say, well, I have a, I, uh, I know people that believe that about God, but their life isn't innocent. They don't have this, they don't have that, they don't have this going on. In order for God's power to be operative in my life, I have to put his words in my mouth. I have to declare that I'm innocent because he's declared me innocent. When I do that, it releases the power of resurrection graces to operate in my soul, my mind, my emotions, and in my physical body out into every portion of my life. Wherever a promise is declared that deals with this natural life, in order for it to be operative, I have to put it in my mouth. I have to speak it. And that's what he's saying here. The announcement of God frees you from fornication. Isn't that good news? Now, you've got to realize this. People sometimes read the Bible and they go, yeah, that was that ancient old world. And, you know, they just don't have the problems. They didn't have the problems then that we do today. That's hogwash. They had everything we do today minus a cell phone. I mean, minus a few things, but as far as the, the desire and the nature of the flesh has not changed. Since the fall, it is the same. Amen? It is the same. So fornication is a form. Listen to this. Is, this is so good. The resolve of God is declared in his accomplished redemption of the human life of our design in Christ. Fornication is a form of idolatry. Which, listen to this which is to be engaged with a distorted image of yourself. Idolatry is to be engaged in a distorted image of yourself. In other words, what? You don't see yourself the way God sees you. See, God already sees you fornication free. He already sees you sickness-free, addiction-free, depression-free, financially free. He already sees you that way. And people say, yeah, I wish it would just happen. It will happen as you agree with him and release your faith in that situation. Well, I wish it would happen quicker. Well, I, 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 naturally speaking, which is, that's just your flesh talking. Naturally speaking, I would like things to move quicker at times too. But... Here's the reality. We get the opportunity to engage with God and walk by faith. And part of our faith is tied to our patience. Amen. People sometimes say, well, how, how long will it take me to get out? Well, how long did it take you to get in? How long have you been speaking carnality? How much of the world and the ways of the enemy are in your thinking? How, how many have ever done this? You, the Lord shows you something about your life and you do that one thing like continually for the next week. 
Do you know God's not mad at you because you did? But he's, why did he show you? Now you see it. And you can go, I need to change that. Lord, I thank you by your grace that this is changing. I'm putting on the Lord Jesus Christ. I'm making no provision for the flesh. I heard a minister say, he said, if you, do the mo- if you, you know, commit sin the night before, you wake up the next morning and declare, I'm the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. The Lord has forgiven me. I've confessed it to him. I'm moving on with my life, and I'm going to continue to grow and develop in him. Amen? Because the, the enemy doesn't have that much power over you. Let's, let's end here in verse 4. This is our main verse here. That each of you, say each of you, should know how to possess his own vessel in sanctification and honor. Listen to this in the Amplified. It says that each of you should know how to possess, control, manage his own body in consecration, purity, separated from things profane, and honor. So that each of you should know how. Uh, In the New American Standard, it says that each of you know how to possess his own vessel in sanctification and honor. In the NIV, it says that each of you should learn to control his own body in a way that is honorable and holy. This tells me that as I learn about who I am in Christ, I learn how to control the desires of my flesh. This also tells me that as I grow in my knowledge of who I am in Christ, I will, be more, readily rec- I will more readily recognize the desires in my life that are not of God. So this tells me, again, I want to say this, it tells me that as I grow in my knowledge of who I am in Christ, I will more readily recognize the desires in my life that are not of God. So the more you grow in your relationship with the Lord, the stronger you are in discerning between good and evil. Amen? The more you grow, you'll discern between good and evil. You'll go, oh, devil, I've seen this playbook before. You know, it's like football. When you see a certain offense come on the field, a certain lineup, you can go, run this defense. When the enemy, the more you grow in Christ, the enemy comes against you, you go, ah, no, 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 I know what you're doing. Come on, husband and wife, you'll fight less if you do this. <laughs> Amen? You'll fight, you say, what do you mean? When, the, when, so, when one spouse says something that you know, <laughs> I'm I'm going to share an example that may get me in trouble later from my family, but I'm going to do it anyway. Dan and Erica are here from Hope Family Church. We were playing cards the other day. Don't worry, we're not going to hell. So anyway, <laughs> just, just in case somebody had that thought, we're, you know. Dan, Dan has this joke. He says, you know, I find if Erica's getting upset, if I just look at her and just say, just calm down. <laughs> he says, I, I find that the situation just calms right down. If she's <laughs> So how many husbands have tried that and it failed? Yeah, there you go. Well, you're not the only one. They connect with you. They, yeah. <laughs> In other words... <laughs> In other words, the more we know about who we are in Christ, the more we can avoid tendencies of the flesh. It's not just sexual issues. It can go down to the very, just, how many know your flesh has a lot of tricks it can perform? (laughs) And the more we know about the Lord, the more we can go, nope, I'm not doing that. 
And the devil will lie to you. He'll say, you can't control yourself in that area. And that's when you need to stand up and say, I may have not been able to do it in the natural, but I have the self-control of God within me, and I'm going to move on that by faith right now. And speak that. Amen? Maybe we'll have to talk about forgiveness here after this. The BBE says this, so that every one of you may keep his body holy and in honor. You can keep your body holy and in honor. Learn to appreciate and give dignity to your body, the message says. In order to do this, you must tell your body what to do and not allow your body to tell you what to do. One translation says that each of you should learn to master his own body. You're to master your own body. To possess your body means this. It means to gain the mastery over. The word carries the idea of possessing as something very precious and special. The Passion Translation Commentary says this, each of, you, each of us must possess our vessel's equipment. Okay? The, the vessel is our body, which includes all urges that it has, and they must be kept pure and holy with self-respect. Our body, our physical body, has many working parts that give us opportunity to function in this life on many different levels. As believers, we must make our bodies slaves to the resurrection graces within us. We control our bodies from the inside out. Amen. I don't, you know, when I was first saved, I quit visiting places that I used to visit before. I quit driving to certain parts of town that I used to drive to before. I had to say, listen, I went into the women's prison to do some ministry here of several years ago, and they told us, you know, they told us to wear deodorant, but they said, don't wear cologne. Because some of the girls in there, their dealer or pimp or whatever would wear that same cologne, and it would trigger them, and they'd go into sweats. See, the flesh can have some serious control over a person. And so they would say, don't do that because it could trigger them. Well, there are things in our lives that we need to know, this is a trigger. And I need to master this. So if you are younger, or it's not even younger anymore, and you play video games and you have to buy new controllers every so many weeks because you get so mad during the game that you throw the controller across the room. You may need to get rid of that trigger for a while. Because everybody knows video games cheat. It's a scientific fact. So, yes, follow the science always. You always want to follow the science. <laughs> if... Hanging out with certain people in your life triggers up too many past emotions and things. Cut it off. If watching certain shows or movies or certain rated movies causes an issue where your, your flesh rises up and you realize, wait a minute, my flesh has way too much voice in this right now. Cut it off. Come on, you can control you. If you... Have to speed when you're on the highway. Maybe somebody else should drive. 
for a little while. I, I had a youth pastor who was an alcoholic, and every time he had to purposely avoid the alcohol section of the store for a while. It was a fight for him to go into a gas station and go out without grabbing a case of beer or whatever. He had to stop, get, get away, you know, pay at the pump if you have to. <laughs> you know, people say, well, I'm not an alcoholic. The cookie section. I will find you. I, <laughs> I, I would. <laughs> Brother Hagen used to tell us that when he first, he, after he got healed and different things like it, and he started his relationship with the Lord, he started drinking Coca Colas and he found himself needing a Coke. So he quit drinking Coke one day. Never drank another one for the rest of his life. On earth. And our flesh, you, you say, how, do, how will I find out how much control my flesh have, has over me? Fast one day. Don't eat food for one day. And listen closely for your flesh to speak. <laughs> See what it says. You will remember where every speck of food is in your house. It will be miraculous how hard your flesh will try to get food. <laughs> Amen? It will be, it'll be amazing. Your body will go, I'm going to die. And you're carrying like an extra 50 pounds, you know? It's like, I don't think so, stupid. Eat what you have available. On you. <laughs> you know what I mean? You guys have heard me say this. Our flesh, our flesh, just in and of, it is so dumb. It will watch a show on being fit and in shape and look at like a fitness instructor. And it'll go, I want to look just like that. And then right after you shut that off, it'll go, remember the rest of the cake in the fridge? That's the nature of the flesh. Right there. Everybody's, do you know that my flesh is no different than Joe Sinner's flesh? It's the same. The difference is we have a resurrection within us. Amen? Thank you for taking the time to listen today. If you would like more information about Faith Family Church, including service times and location, visit faithfamilybillings.com.